What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain I love doing podcasts like this where it's just like sitting down with a bunch of homies talking shit and having a great time. The Black Rifle Coffee crew, all military service veterans, have incredible stories from both inside business, from their time in service, and we get to chat about our new collaboration on the Mocha EMCT oil and the Fuck Yeah Coffee, which is coffee with added caffeine crystals because that's what we need with our coffee, people. A little extra kick in the dick, as our friend Rogan would say. So check it out. Go to onit.com slash Aubrey to save 10% on your Mocha EMCT and the Black Rifle Coffee and enjoy the podcast. We good, dog? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. We're here. Oh, man. We're here with the fucking Black Rifle Coffee <laughs> fucking family, the founding yeah. family, the, the founding progenitors, family. the Potter Familiae <laughs> of this whole thing. Um, why don't you guys like introduce yourselves real quick for the people who can kind of recognize voices? And I love the founding up. family thing. That's I awesome. love that. I've never heard that before. Yeah. I'll take yeah, it. You have to have the bag. It's better to, than to Potter talk. Familiae. I think that's, yeah. I don't even know that that's the Latin plural, but we'll go with it. I'm going to go with that. Just say it's Latin. Sounds Just right. Just go with it. So I'm Evan Hafer. Uh, I guess I'm the first founder, kind yeah. of. Yeah, I started my you garage. Get the founder title. I get the we founder. Get co-founder. Yeah. So I started the company in my garage five years ago. I met up with these guys through a mutual friend while I was working for the CIA, which was the not the Central. Oh wait, yeah, the Central Intelligence Agency. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all redacted. From, uh, from, yeah, no, I worked all, for so. redacted. So <laughs> he worked okay. for a fucking black bar. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people they're like, oh, the Culinary Institute. No, nope, the other one. The more the. But the how more is your cooking matter. game? Um. It can get better. It really can. <laughs> like, I think that's just an art that you have to curate over the course of a lifetime. That's the way that wow, I look at what it. A thoughtful, what a thoughtful way to look at it. It. I think you have to, right? There's some things you're like, you spend your life diving down the rabbit hole and trying course, to develop. No. You can never, master level, I think you're kind of saying, I've at least, I know enough that I have to continue to learn. But right? if you have a grill and you have some meat, People eat it. They do. Matt is I eat Evan's grill. meat all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite yeah, things to do. Introducing Matt. And Matt Best over here. Matt Best over here. Yes, uh, Matt Best is my uh, my name, and I am a co-founder of Black Rifle, and I do a bunch of other crazy stuff. I've been known for blowing things up on YouTube, making some terrible skits, and um, I authored a book that's coming out very soon. Uh, thank you for my service. So 
And I'm just stoked to be at the Onnit facility, man. I love you guys. I'm so happy. I know we'll announce it after, but just joint ventures together. Like I love your company. It's so fucking cool. And it's it's that's my thing in business. How do I align myself with people that are epic and awesome and then do work with them? Because that's like the best of both yeah. worlds. I'm fucking with you 100%. I think that was like initially we got together and just had fun talking on Drinking Bros podcast. Yeah. And then eventually we're like, we should do something. Because like the <laughs> the alignment towards fun and doing awesome shit was strong. Yeah, like that was, sure. that was strong. And so then uh, eventually we figured it out. We got the fuck yeah coffee, the MCT mocha. We'll talk some more about that. I but. could not be more excited about this because of the content stuff that's going to come with it. Yeah, like, you guys are taking that to is, another this level. This is going to be this is going to be our. So that's Jared Taylor. Uh, yeah. He never introduces himself. <laughs> yeah, there He's he already thinking about creative Hi, ideas. Hi guys, I'm JT. I, been hanging out with these guys for a long time, uh, was in the military for almost 15 years, which as I think about my military service now, I, I kind of think I was just put there to like as a project for the first sergeants. Probably. Would that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I wasn't like the best TAC P or the best JTAC or the best instructor, but I definitely kept them all on their toes yeah. consistently. I had a friend reach out from my redacted contracting days that said, there's one thing to know about Matt when he worked with me. And I was like, uh-oh. And he goes, he would make the whole entire day fun. And I was like, I'll take yeah. that. That's a yeah. fucking win. Yeah. It's a great compliment. Yeah. Especially when fun. you're in like some shitty spots. Yeah, you're living in a shitty little place and it's hot as balls and you eat the same chow every day. Might as well you laugh your way through it. always had that guy too. Like of course, where, yeah. like when you, when you started looking at your deployment roster, you're like, please God, please God. You know, he's not the best, but he's going to make this one fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might be slightly incompetent, yeah. but you might, know what? I'll take, I'll take that. I'll take it's that. like, we might get me killed in a gunfight, but if we don't get in a gunfight, yeah. it's going to be super listen, fun. Listen, 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 Linda. I got the plan. Just come to Burning Man, and then when it gets shitty, you'll make it good. And then when it's good, we'll just do drugs, and it'll be even better. Yeah. <laughs> like it's fucking better than military service. That's the fucking plan. I love that. Yeah. Fuck I love yeah. That. Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. It's the same kind of desert. It's not enough water. You know, you're exhausted. You're not sleeping much. It's just yeah. you're doing it. It's the same party. thing. And there's naked girls everywhere. And yeah. it's that great. sounds way better than war. Yeah. Yeah. Way yeah. better than war. I think there would be less war if people could just go there and just chill out and be like, oh, wow, this is. I'm life is kind of dope. I'm yeah. personally convinced why northern Iraq, like Kurdistan and those areas, is so nice is because the women that walk around in their tight jeans and heels, I mean, they put some American girls to shame. Hook? Yeah, to hook too. Like, <laughs> that's why the region's so nice up there. Cause you're like, people are like, oh, it's a Middle Eastern country. You start driving around, you're like, yo, those kebabs look fucking amazing. And who is that girl with the plump, you know? And it's, it's, a, it's a good culture up there. I'm a fan. Well, I mean, I think they're about to start Burning Man 2 here in September. Have you been following this? Burn, wait, Burning Man 2? Well, what are you talking you've about? Got, you've got over three and a half million people that said they're going to storm Area 51. Oh, that's oh. right. That the, thing, like, a kind of, Rogan kind of fucking, it is, it he is kind of tipped that. every yeah. day. And now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now was, I don't was even, he the tipping point on that? I, I guess I'm not following. Show, I think. Bob Lazar. Yeah, so Bob yeah. Lazar released yeah. a documentary and then went on Joe's show. And Joe's obviously got like 300 million downloads a month or some fucking bonkers thing. And it yeah. Just started this trend where, with the documentary, well, without everybody in galvanized. Florida, and when you see a picture of this guy, you'll understand it all. He's wearing like a Goku costume or something. He started the Storm Area. Is that 51. Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> got like, it. Storm Area Fifty One Facebook event and group on September twentieth, and within five days, three and a half million people going to the event. There's seven hundred thousand inside the group, like. It's. I, I don't think they I'm know gonna, what to do with it. I'm going to bet the like, don't side of it working. 
That's what I'm yeah. doing. I'm going to bet that it's not a sheer numbers thing where they're just going to be able to, they're just going to no. let them in to see well, the aliens. I mean, you're, you're talking a hundred miles on foot just to get to the first gate in the desert. And then what are you going to do who when you're at the gate? Like, my buddy said it best and he's, he's been an operator for 16 years and he goes, Motherfucker, I almost died on a 4K movement out there. And I, and I do this for a living. They think they're coming out here. That or what they need to do is Burning Man 2, what you said. Just go to the outer fence where it's legal and yeah, then just throw a start, huge start alien a party. sex well, party I think out there. That's what they're and draw the aliens out. The aliens won't be able to resist. Now we're on to it because yeah. you do like alien calls. They're going to come out and they're going to be like, yo, pass like the shrooms. Yeah, Let's has anybody yeah. hit a duck, duck commander call. yet? Like maybe they can make <laughs> They need to fucking figure out the alien Although if you look at most alien sketches, which may not be true or not, they pretty much don't have genitals. I just want to douse Aww. myself in female alien. But they have mouths. <laughs> they do have mouths. Maybe that's where <laughs> they don't want us to meet aliens because they only give sex. They don't receive it. And so they're just this like euphoric being that they, is a pleasure. <laughs> they just freeze you and jump on your cock. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the only thing that's mobilized <laughs> is your dick. You're like, ah! Yeah. They have Leave some it. weird, like, different, you know, sound level that humans can't make. So it's like the coolest hummer ever. Okay, I'm going really hard with this. I like the fact that Matt found the loophole in alien sex based on a lack of genitalia. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Well, they got mouths. Well, they got mouths. <laughs> okay. All I need is about six inches in, and I'm a good man. But how do you know if you're gay? If you're having. If they don't have genitals, doesn't matter. Non binary. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, okay. it's true non binary. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, and that's where they're truly an enlightened life form because they can't define themselves or gay or straight. So there nope. is no, there is no. They don't have to worry yeah. about pronouns. They never have to worry about social constraints or judgment. Yeah, no. You're just a being, being a being. I they would say figured human, out but... super early on, you know, that marriage was a bad idea. They abolished it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let's just have alien non-binary sex parties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so many. If they all look alike, too. I mean, so many of the fucking things are just kind of different. Yeah, you know, like everybody kind of looks the same. Like, well, to us, right? But I feel that within that alien culture, there's different aspects of their yeah. aesthetics that are more attractive and less attractive. Probably the shape of their eyes. Maybe they're mm. a little whiter. That's attractive, right? That might be a blonde. You know, uh, so many. I, I think, I think we would find the same thing if if dogs could draw. How would they draw us, for instance? Oh. They'd be like, just this guy that gives me food. They all look kind of the same. Yeah. I don't they know. do, but that's why beards and hats scare dogs because it's not yeah, normal. Right? They're like, what is not that? Yeah, but what if the aliens could make themselves self levitate and then rotate? On their non genitals, though. So um, no, but they're, no, they're, they're, they're using their mouths. So they're just they're like okay, face listen, down, yeah. feet in the air. Think about it. The alien is the rotor blades. You're the Black Hawk helicopter. Oh my God. Uh, Let's go flying. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds risky. I don't know. I mean, do they eat? Do they have teeth? Or maybe, maybe oh. their whole mouths are designed with no dental impediments at all for maximization of blowjobbing. Uh, 100% because if you look at them, I'm sure they don't eat condensed food. This is some form of like absorption topical on their skin. They've come up with some cool stuff. Yeah, so they don't well, they have a chip. Sun, yeah. They just, they just teleport what's in their stomach to the waste area. You know? oh. So they don't, 
That's why they don't have anything down here. You know, it's just a, it's not a teleporting. I think we pretty much figured out aliens. Right? Yeah, and this We're is one hundred percent fact, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, everybody. Yeah. We just uh, we just talked to you about alien sex lives here. We know this shit. We grossly overestimated our understanding of alien anatomy for roughly five minutes. <laughs> totally fine. So that happens when you drink fuck yeah coffee. The- I'm, I'm like amped up. Is right that what now. this is? Yeah. 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 Oh, there's shit. some right there. Yeah, you got to get some that with loaded with caffeine crystals. Really? It's fucking rad, yeah. rad innovation. So yeah, that's what we that's what we collabed on. We collabed on some coffee, and that, it is a cool bag. Your design team knocked it out of the park. I think ninety style. I venture to say that it's the first mock up, probably ever that has gone through the branding department. That I've said, I don't know if we need to touch that because normally I'm like, oh my god, hey, great design, guys, go ahead and send it over <laughs> to my design team, and then uh, Evan and I will square it. But that that was that was it was fuck yeah, man, it's cool. Yeah, that's why I think um, one of the reasons we wanted to work together is because we've basically founded our companies on cool shit first yeah and then we're like oh yeah business oh, yeah let's let's, fucking, let's oh, do that yeah. that's our motto gotta yeah. make some money somewhere along <laughs> yeah, the line yeah, yeah. For sure. hey guys what's yeah. your margins yeah, margins margins what does that mean mm. I, private oh. equity <laughs> means yeah that's right yeah. that's what yeah. it means yeah. The yeah. it's a marketing expense <laughs> <laughs> so tell us i want to hear some of that story because we got a lot of people who are entrepreneurs a lot of people interested in that i mean I see all you guys unified by all of you being in service, all of you guys wanting to support your service members, also the drinking bros community, how that kind of attached and how this whole thing fucking came together and made this this monster that you guys have now. It's a beautiful monster. Well, I get I can start and then we sure. can kind of add in. It was I think a lot of us were were in the same position in life. Matt and I were really close in the in the sense of he was contracting, I was contracting, meaning contracting for the Central Intelligence Agency. Uh, it is redacted, right? But you I can, can say, say that. I can I, say whatever I, can, I want. I'm just I'm, you were in the culinary. <laughs> yeah, I was in the culinary <laughs> of America, uh, of America. Oh. Afghanistan, Afghanistan, <laughs> culinary <laughs> institute of Afghanistan. I was. Uh, I had been roasting coffee back and forth between deployments because there was literally no place overseas where you could get a great cup of coffee. Being a coffee head, it's like I'm going to have to figure this out. So. I bought a little roaster, started roasting coffee in between rotations to Iraq at that time. And a lot of people, they've asked me, well, when, what year was that? I'm like, man, Iraq just feels like one long deployment for me, literally from like 2004 to 2009. The only way I can differentiate it is based on city. I can't really differentiate by, by the time. So I would say it's uh, 2006 around there because it's working roughly the same cities. And... So I started roasting coffee. I wanted to get this like awesome coffee and take it overseas so I could do this pour overs and all this, what, what everybody made fun of me. It's weird hipster shit out here with your pour overs. And uh, around the best way to make coffee. It is. Arguably. Yeah. Yeah. And it, because you can replicate it, you, you can measure your weights, you can roast, roast it to a specific level, you can have your specific coffee water temperature, everything's the same, right? So you can replicate everything and you don't need an espresso machine, you don't need any of this other, these other things that you'd have to pack with technology and power and all these other things. So I could literally bust out a jet boil and get a the same cup of coffee I was drinking in the mountains of like Colorado or Idaho and get it in Kirkuk or Mosul. Did you have, did you just have mad people like just kind of hanging out like, Hey man, 
Oh, up? what's going on? Hey, yeah. Hey, uh, just wanted to see on it. Oh, you got some coffee. Oh, oh hey. Oh, I decided hey. to swing by yeah. at 6 30 in the morning yeah. oh. and see what you're up to. What you're oh. doing there, little oh, guy. Oh, man. Yeah, it was, it was me and a, another friend of mine, uh, this, this guy, V Diamond. He's a former mm-hmm. SEAL. And he and I had these little like coffee shops set up that we would build out. We had everything everything that you could imagine to include a, a, a coincidence between Matt and myself as I had convinced uh, a guy overseas in one of the bases I was working in, the guy that was managing it, to order this uh, Lermazoco Linea 3 from Italy, a, a, a three-group espresso machine. It was way overpriced, but he's like, hey, so I need some coffee equipment for the base. What do you suggest, Evan? And I was like, hmm, I'll create you a list, This sir. is the one you oh, need yeah. right here. This is the only thing We're that works out here. Government dollars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we need the Italian yeah. Lomazoko. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you fast forward a few years, I was uh, teaching in uh, at, a, at a range, and one of Matt's friends came up to me and was like, dude, my buddy and you, I guarantee you, would would get along you guys have this really wild sense of humor and i was instructing so part of that is like performance art to you have to keep people engaged you have to keep them laughing if you don't it's just this really dry bit of information nobody really yeah. has any fun they're just kind of like okay let me get through this and a uh, mutual friend of ours said hey this is my buddy matt i reached out to jt uh, I had a, a, I was starting another company looking to transition around that time. And that's how I got connected to everybody. I spent about an hour and a half, two hours on the phone with JT straight away. I was in the parking lot of my squadron because I was still active duty. So I had mm-hmm. walked out and sat in my car and called him the first time. And we, uh, we were laughing within the first four minutes. Which, which yeah. you fast forward. I didn't know this. So when I worked at that <laughs> same base that Evan was talking about where he got the espresso machine... And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, who the fuck bought this? This thing is like $50,000. And then I'm telling this story about how ridiculous our espresso machine to Evan is years later after we'd become friends. He goes, yeah, it was me that got that. You know, I'm like, you son of a bitch. It was hilarious that we had that kind of like offset interaction between each other. and We didn't even know each other. So that was just the gem at that base. Yeah. Like everybody protected it. Yeah. It was. I would be making lattes and things like that, and I would have no problem. Guys would line up, and I'd be jamming out <laughs> some awesome, lattes. <laughs> and uh, once we connected... It was like three weeks later, I flew to Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. I just walked past your old house a couple days ago in Park City, where yeah. we came up with uh, outdoor magic on the porch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of our first designs that... It, and essentially what, what this was was just... All of us are really, when we look at each other, when we spend time with each other, we really like each other. I think that's kind of the foundation of it. Trust each other, make each other laugh. And we're all a little bit crazy in our own way. Um, And we really don't give a shit. Like, we'll send it. Like, we'll send it. So for us, you know, I think living in combat, in combat zones, when I say that, it taught us a lot. And, And one of the greatest things about that and a gift for me was if you live a life in fear, it really does keep you in a prison of your own kind of, uh, I want to say that your, your own restraints basically. And, and that you don't have to be in a combat zone to live a life in fear where you're in your own fear prison hmm. of fear. You know, that could be 
anybody in any life in any situation whether that's fear in your relationship or fear of what people think or fear of what social media is going to think or fear that you put on yourself about what makes you a man or a woman or a success or a good husband father whatever yeah. these things are these are all prisons that we can create prisons. that'll keep us locked up well that's why when i when we first met evan i was so intrigued by it because like you're saying there's all those self-prescribed constraints like you convince yourself you can't do this or i can't post that because the business world says that's too edgy and you know prior to meeting evan jared and i were doing all this crazy comedy stuff and kind of carved out a market share of the military community that wanted these really locker room team room jokes that no one else did before in the military because everybody's like no you got to be a hard ass you got to beat your chest i'm like but that's not the way it is overseas like you come back from an operation and you know it's it andy stump said it really best it's kind of funny when your friends almost die you know and you and you make light of that after because you have to it's humor humor through horror and when we started building all this content and evan came and said hey we had an apparel company as well. It's like, I want to roast coffee with you guys. I'm like, well, what if we do a vehicle interdiction and we shoot the Grinch in the face? He's like, yes, that's awesome. So we immediately just said, fuck it. Like, yeah. let's just put out the content we want to consume. Let's put out the quality of product we want to consume. And that's really been our mission since all of this was let's focus on quality and what we like. And for some reason, that's resonated so well within our community. And um, that that's another We're part of that. We're our first customers. So like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. It's authentic. And that's the thing. Like, you guys peel back the layers of what your company stands for. It's just more of the same thing, right? It's not like you're projecting an image. And it's the same here with me and on it. Like, you peel back the layers. What do you get? You get more on it. You peel back the layers of this black rifle team. Yeah. It's more black rifle. It's the same fucking humor. It's the same desire to send it. It's all of that that's real. And when, you know, someone projects that hard ass mentality, right. And everybody who's actually in the service knows like, yeah, we all know we're hard asses. We don't need when to, you have to be when, when we have to be, we yeah. don't have to show it. What we need to do is fucking laugh. Yep. It's like the same time when I was first getting into MMA and I would go into a locker room, like, and, and be back there with someone. I thought like, I had to like pump them up and stuff. Like, no, nah, man, you got to make them laugh. Like they're already fucking stressed out enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they got to fight in front I, of yeah. five thousand people. Probably five people for that sole reason. I'm like, but I'm not the best dude to corner you. Like, no, I just need this, like the humor and the lightness that you bring right. with yourself because I'm about to go get punched in the face by <laughs> another fucking grown man. Yeah. So, and like, yeah. if you leave that cortisol level at max the whole time, you're going to be fucking exhausted by yep. the time you get in there. You're going to be exhausted when you actually have to rely on those chemicals yeah. to help fuel you through so you got to unload you got to release that for know? sure and like that's the truth so if you guys are projecting the truth everybody who's actually walked that truth is gonna be like oh thank god you know people aren't trying to pretend like this is all serious they're like they actually know what's up and i think there's a lot of parallels between on its culture and black rifles because something we take pride in is that sense of community you know when i got out of the military i was completely lost i had no military friends i went to los angeles no one understood me i was just 22 years old was just like fast roping out of helicopters two months before on a deployment shooting people in the face and then i'm in los angeles and i'm like hey guys like right and like dude you're you're fucking crazy yeah. and so that's why we've kind of tried to support like it's okay to be who you are it's okay yeah. to be a little nutty it's actually life is way more fun when you accept that's how you are and engage with like-minded people and i think with drinking bros and you know black rifle coffee specifically building that sense of community and allowing people to civilians have to assimilate back into the military culture with our company rather than vice versa where guys are getting out having to go to some absolute pc culture where they if they say shit by accident they're going to get fucking fired like no yeah. man as long as you're not hateful and it's not violence like dude you can be who you are that's the brilliance of america we're diverse we're fun like fucking accept it and own it 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's and exactly own the day, it. Aubrey. <laughs> On your life, <laughs> on the day, on your life. Uh, where did Drinking Bros come in? Where did so? How did that piece of the so puzzle come in? What happened was, is uh, our first year with our clothing brand, we had bought an iPad for our office because we shared an office where we were back to back. And uh, in the evenings, we would we would publish the uh, the Skype for like an hour and let anybody Skype in and talk to us. And that was like massive for them. Like we would see people come back to Instagram and things like that. Like, oh my God, I just got to Skype with these guys. This was so crazy. And cool. was that under the Black Rifle name or was that, that was, Drinking Bros? That was yeah. the clothing. So Art, Art 15 yeah. clothing. Okay. And that's when we just, we had come up with this like, okay, well, let's start a group, a Facebook group. Like right when well, Facebook right, the majority started coming out. The majority of the people, their takeaway was like, fuck, man, I wish I had friends like you where I lived. Yes. Right. And that's when Jared was like, fuck it, let's create you that do. group. Like, yeah, let's yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. You can be our friends. So the group within within about 40 days grew to over 25,000 people. And then that's when they started doing their own chapters. You know, it started out with Texas first, I believe. San Antonio was the first chapter, Drinking Bros chapter. And now we're at, 280 of them and mm. every major city you go into there's a drinking bros and it has at least a thousand to three thousand people in there that you could at any moment in time go i'm going to this bar and five of them will show up yeah, like, yeah that's so i mean a community is such a important thing but it's even as important as we know it is it's super underrated still yeah. like feeling that sense of community i mean all of you guys everybody who i've talked to who's been in the military been in service like the thing they miss the most is like having a team you know yeah. having your having your people your tribe you know and then you get out and you're like i got some buddies but it's like not the same shit you know so like the more you can foster that sense of community yeah. then the more people are going to feel well, like especially in the age of technology in my opinion because it's like we have all these fake relationships with followers on instagram and all of that and like being a actually like able to interact like interpersonal communication and have amazing friendships and relationships that's what matters the most not you know buddies here and there that's all great and awesome but having that really defined sense of community where you know you have a support system it's the reason like these guys helped save my life through the company and back in the day i had friends pick me out of my slums because sometimes you need a little pickup you know and, and you need those people to be there for you it's mm -hmm. cool because we see almost every day some of the, these guys write these stories and stuff like that and our brands have almost become this secret handshake of people that are like-minded so we see him right every day oh i saw this guy with a black rifle shirt in the airport and i went up to him and now no, this guy's awesome like, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. so it's these yeah. <laughs> well rogan just he sent me a dm the other day three days ago he was in italy he was like running a black rifle everywhere and he was getting coffee in italy and there's a guy in front of him wearing a shirt and, well, uh, was he getting coffee from that he fancy getting, espresso machine? There isn't an Italian espresso machine, but <laughs> it is one of those things where people DM us all the time, and it's almost like they're in a secret club. You know, it's yeah. not sold in grocery stores. It's it's one of those things where if you watch videos or seen a black rifle video, if you're a fan, our Uber driver was a former Marine. You knew exactly who we were. You know, it unites. And it, and, it, and it transcends just a product that people are trying to monetize through. It's, it's a community of people that are into something bigger. And that's in our mission statement. It's like we supply content and coffee to people that love America. Mm -hmm. Really, it's American ideals of freedom, right? When we talk about being free and Matt talks about individual expression or identity, it's, it's really, it's okay if you, you know, if you're 
got bigger biceps and tats everywhere, that doesn't mean that you're an asshole. Right. And it doesn't mean that you're an It only means aggressive. you're an asshole if you're an asshole. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But stereotyping people, bucketing them, and then giving them some kind of broad assumption based on what they look, that's where we start to make these mistakes. And with our company, you know, people have said all kinds of different things, I'm sure, that they have about your company too, and in, in negative and positive. But they make these weird assumptions about us as people where like you guys love firearms you guys love this and it's like no we we do we like to shoot but we just love living a free life mm-hmm. and america is a fantastic place to do that because we've been to a lot of other countries where it's definitely not the same no and and it's getting freer yes like as yeah. people always love to point out how shitty things are it's like nah not really like weed's almost legal nationwide. Yeah. Like yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's yes. good, everybody. Throwing someone in a cage because they want to smoke a plant that makes them feel relaxed and yeah. food tastes better. Right. And like they're more chill. Like, no, don't put people in cages for that. Dude, I'm a huge proponent for that, even with you know, veterans and 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 post-traumatic stress and all other stuff and the, the medical benefits of it. It's just like, let's go, America, on that side. Yeah, of the house, yeah. But. We're it's a happening. little we were late to the, you know, that was a decision that was made in nineteen twenty one that that one was okay and one wasn't. Like, right. Yeah, we've we've progressed enough to go, hey, maybe maybe those decisions weren't the best. Like we the last know. hundred years would have been way more fun if everyone was high, guys. Let's go ahead <laughs> yeah. and point that out. Um, right, yeah. No, I think to, to Evan's point as well, something that I really enjoy about working with everyone is that the, the veteran community for a long time, I think, was very ostracized in the sense of civilians didn't understand it. And like everybody that comes back from war is fucked up, right? That's what we're branded as and like I, we want to take a stand against that saying no like you can have five deployments in ranger battalion you can be a green beret you can go work out in other capacities over in war zones and come back and be fucking just fine for the most part and we can succeed post-war in business entrepreneurship art whatever you want to do so don't fucking label us that way because we're not that way yeah you know and i think us creating this company and having that inspiration for others is the most meaningful thing i've ever done in my whole entire life and i'm just thankful that people support it and and they, they see the mission statement it's huge when you actually get to know the truth you know like any of these labels or ideas that you have about you know a type of person then you actually get to meet those people and yeah, of course, there's like anomalies within any group that's going to there's going to be an asshole there. But like, people would assume that MMA fighters, pro MMA fighters, are really aggressive, and they're the last person that's going to start a fight in a bar. Right. <laughs> but you know, yeah. they do have a switch that if someone pushes a little too hard, they may end up in a pile. But nonetheless, <laughs> like for the most part, they're the most gentle people. Yeah. And like Tim Kennedy, who's you know I've been around here, works out it on all the time, like he gives like the biggest hug and kisses me on the cheek, like a fucking, like a big teddy, teddy bear. bear yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? And he's like done the, some of the most savage stuff and like frolicking in the weeds. Tim Kennedy and I, what three years ago, reenacted the notebook scene together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The <laughs> rain scene. And I wrote him, you know, every day for 365 <laughs> days in the rain. We ran up. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Special. That it was is amazing. special. But don't play gay chicken with a, a SF guy because they don't back down. I learned that the hard <laughs> way. Well, you also learned that with a Marine too. So yeah. So I thought it seems like, he, seems like he, I guess they just wanted to kiss the dude. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's gay chicken. Is you should get how yeah. close you can get. To it's like him. a thing in the military. Like, all right, do you gay? Who's gonna ungay first? You know? And you're like, what? This is so. Re- I, if you guys just want to go sleep with it, like, go do it. Like, I'm gay. I think that's another one of the things too. Like, I'm homies with Jason Ellis. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Pro skateboarder, skateboarder awesome you know, guy. fighter, 
fucking amazing human and he came out and talks about his bisexuality and like so many people i had him on my podcast so many people were like yeah i guess that's cool too like yeah all of these things that we thought were like we had to ostracize this group or ostracize this group like i like jason now he's a fucking good dude 2019 everybody's tall yeah like everybody's like it's all good my statement with that is there's no racism prejudice or bigotry in a firefight if, yep. if you're on the fucking team, you're on the team. I don't care if you're gay, straight, bi, purple, yellow. If you're shooting back at the enemy, roger that, you're on my team. And yep. I think that's the way a lot of us look at life. Um, I'm not going to label any of us. That's how I look at life. I'm like, man, just like be a free spirit, but I'm always mission-oriented. Like, let's get the fucking objective done. And I don't care what your preferences are as long as you're on the team. You yeah. know? And that's, I think, where military, <clears throat> understanding that, when you're a mission-oriented person and you're always moving towards the mission and the people to your left and right, there is really no room for bigotry because ultimately you're all there to accomplish the same goal, which is typically going to be something you would look at and say, that's impossible. Well, you need everybody. You need the best and the brightest on your team in order to accomplish said mission. So that washes so early on. And one of the one of the beautiful things I think that people don't quite understand about the military is you'll show up. Uh, you know, I showed up in at Fort Benning, Georgia, in 1995 from Northern Idaho. You know, there wasn't a lot of diversity up there, and you you don't come with any prejudice, but you definitely don't leave with any either. Because when you show up, you're like, man, I've got, you know. 10 African-Americans, three guys from Detroit and four guys from San Francisco. And everybody's from, you know, rural and urban communities. It's just, it's just, it's this really interesting melting pot. And you shave your head, you put on a uniform, and you don't know what that person looked like before they showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the day no, that you get the, leave. Yeah. And you see how people dress. Mind fuck. Mind then you're yeah. like, and you're, and you're all going to go out somewhere. Yeah. Right. And so when you go out, the cowboy is standing next to the guy that grew up in Detroit yeah. that's got, you know, baggy pants and a chain yeah. and they're best friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it is. They're it's one friends. of the most hilarious it's, social it's experiments hilarious. you could do because yeah. that was the same thing when I graduated a uh, rip to become a ranger. I have friends with all these dudes and we went out for a beer after and one of them was like emo hair eyeliner <laughs> black, and I'm like... Oh, and, and, and then you immediately roll. you start making assumptions. Okay, so is this guy? And I'm like, oh, hey, dude, I've liked this guy for the last four weeks. He's kick ass. So it's, it's very yeah. interesting to see that word. <laughs> and it'd be cool to have a place like a bar that you just, everybody went and had to wear like jeans and a white t-shirt. Yeah, And then yeah. you get to see what they are after because when you take that away, that aesthetic and that vanity, it's very interesting to just to gauge people more just on the character and their their personality. Maybe yeah. that's what the aliens were fucking thinking. Right? We were just time. talking, you were talking about this we, bar on the way started. here. I was. The Maybe I just want to put... Yeah, the bar called Hookups. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Probably if you, filled with if dudes, you go but, there, you're down. That's a gay know? bar for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That exists? Because yeah. I start putting... I'm like, man, I don't think it'll be full of chicks. They'll just... Yeah. Yeah, just promote it with your shirt off. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it exists in West Hollywood it'll, it'll, somewhere. It'll be great. <laughs> the idea, though, that like when you're mission oriented and you're working towards something, I think that's the appeal of a movie like Independence Day, right? Like where there's a global threat, and then everybody's like, "Fuck all of this nationalist kind of prejudice yeah. that we've had." Like we got aliens to worry about. We're all going right. to come together. We're all on the same team, and I think it. We almost need something like that to really become team people, team Earth. 
You know, like we need some cause, and and I think it will probably come I'm environmental. I'm worried that we're going to see the situation that happens in Arrival, where instead we have something like that happen, and instead of us coming together, one of us nukes the aliens first and fucks us all over. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because yeah, in, in yeah. the movie Arrival, uh, it was China was just like, fuck everybody else. We're bombing That's these true. guys. And mm-hmm. they about caused the world destruction because they were just like, fuck it. Right. Like, if you look at it, I think that's one of the most challenging things facing American culture. How do we have the unity of September 12th without the tragedy of September 11th? That's, that's the, the hard question. one. That's the yeah. question, right? And can we have it without tragedy? Is it possible? Is it Doubtful. And that's that's the hard question, yeah. and and I think it's human nature and condition to focus on the small shit when there is mm-hmm. no big shit, and mm-hmm. you see it everywhere because you know people that have a lot of worldly and life experience they tend not to sweat the small shit. You're like fuck it, you know, broke the glass is what it is. We'll get a new one, but then the people that that's their whole world that glass means the most to them, and I don't know how to change that. I think it's perspective and experience, but you can't force people into perspective or experience. They have to live it. Un even if they don't want to. And tragedy tends to tends to do that, unfortunately. Well, we're down a slippery slope right now with just the way social media and the media is in general. Like, you don't even have to be reporting facts anymore. Like, people, they're not even posting Yeah, they're just, they're just, pan, they're just pandering just like, to the, to the basest clicks. instinct That's of tribalism anyways, right? Yeah. Like, left, right, tribal. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that, and you look at a book like Sebastian Junger's book, Tribe, right? right? And where he's talking about even during the times when the Nazis were bombing London and like the Londoners there recount those times as some of the happiest times because everybody was family. Right. Like if you had a sandwich, that person starving next to you had half a sandwich. Like everybody was just like, no, this shit is gnarly. Like we're all in this together. And that sense of purpose, you know, through the horror of the experience was also some of the most fulfilling. And I think in the absence of this, it's a point that Mark Manson makes in his book, Everything is Fuck. Like we've removed all of these really big external challenges. So now we make the trivial, the challenge. We get so worried about our political party or all of these different inconsequential bullshit because we need some purpose. We need something that we can like sink our teeth into. And so like the only thing I can think of is, you know, people are all worried about the environment and I think they should be, but I think actually like if we're going to really care about the environment, like it's got to get worse. Yeah. Almost before people are like, yeah. okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Sure. When yeah. now we really, it's becoming yeah. a problem. Yeah. Then yeah. And we're like, be, okay, 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 stop, stop. stop. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's fucking, <laughs> yeah. or the asteroids coming and it's like yeah. Armageddon. No, yeah. It's like, fuck, we got to do something. I think about that all the time. I think about the, this, because this unified nationalism and how important it is in some aspects, but how negative it is in all these other aspects. And you're exactly right. I'm like, man, I was thinking about this, the environment and the way that we're trending in the environment, something is going to have to happen for everybody to go, hey, you know what? And and what it was, was was a political discourse between two people and one was essentially pro-pollution and the other one was, you know, non-pro-pollution, right? I'm like, Nobody should be pro pollution, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is air. We're breathing, right? right. Like, does it make me the a basic liberal? Necessity but also, does it make life. me a liberal to be like, dude, dude I want clean air for my kids? <laughs> like, this is crazy, right? Yeah, Can we yeah. just like dial it back you, a little bit and go? Uh, if you look at the party? general political mm-hmm. climate, and this is what's laughable, is what's the big, what's the two biggest fucking items right now that everybody wants to talk about? Abortion and immigration. But how much? Does abortion and immigration affect your day-to-day life ever? Like, does it? Like, well, let's guess not what, talk about how maybe one of those might have affected affect our lives. lives. Yeah, guess, guess what affects our lives every day? Traffic. Maybe yeah, if yeah. A, a, a candidate came out and said, you know what? 
I'm going ham on the highways, guys. I'm just right. going to make traffic less. I'd be that like, hey, be I'm, Lord, vo- that, that, I'm voting for that guy. That, <laughs> like, that's right. Lord Hot Dogs. Actually, yeah, right. Yeah. Campaign strategy, yeah, ham right. on the highways. Yeah. The <laughs> ramp's too damn high. Hey, you know what? I'd love to fix the transportation industry and the systems. We need clean air. We need yeah. to be able to... Oh, wait. But wait, how does this fall into a party perspective? And then why are you anti just because this is an idea? Yeah. It makes yeah. zero sense to me. Like, yeah. Where are we following in Western logic and where we've just kind of scattered our ability to put things together in a, in a fairly logical sequence and just said, you know what? I'm conservative. Uh, Coal, let's I, burn it all up. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's get, hey, let's mine more let's coal burn it while we got let's it. Let's burn it all. Yeah. You know? It's like, dude, that's, when, that doesn't make sense. When you start to become more aware, you realize like you, the earth has a cataclysmic history. There's been shit that's happened Hashtag throughout earth's, mm-hmm. earth's history all the time, whether it's a meteorite or whether it's a flood or the meteorite that caused the flood or whatever the fuck has happened or the volcano, the super volcano right. that blows. And it's fucking dark for, I mean, that's why they called it the dark ages because it was actually literally right. dark because there was cloud cover from a meteor, I mean, from a volcano that exploded or something like that. I got to check my Pompeii. check my resources on that. Yeah, no, I think that was a little early. That's right. But nonetheless, That's like these cataclysmic events are happening constantly. And then we got all these nuclear reactors that are right. all over the place. That if a cataclysm like the tsunami in Japan hits one of these nuclear reactors, then things get like quadruple fucked. Right. And so like maybe let's just pay attention so that we can kind of survive the next thing that the earth's going to inevitably throw at us because it always does. How about we focus on that political party? called let's not all die yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's dude that's the way let's i live my life like don't sweat the small shit because a meteor could come tomorrow and just fucking knock us off this planet so you mm. might as well laugh a little bit and mm. engage in awesome relationships like yep. it's yeah no because we're super concerned with a uh, third world dictator that uh you know their economy has the size of like some small american state because of ego I think a lot of this stuff comes into ego and obviously there's geopolitical things that happen every day that are more complex, but they don't have to be as complex. Then you're just having this as a personal slight and a personal vendetta against somebody that ultimately you could control relatively easily. But if they're not on the same sheet of music, which is team let's all live. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a deciding factor. Like, yeah, you want to blow a bunch of people up. That's probably not a good thing for the human race. We should probably dial it back. It's not, I, when we really dive down and we start thinking about it, it's not that complex, but it's human nature that prevents these things from being instituted. And then when you think, when you start really ripping it apart, you're like, oh God, this is where it starts getting really complicated. I mean, I think about it on, a, on probably every day where it's, it's a meteorite or a volcano, especially with two little girls. I'm like, what type of a planet are we living in? What type of a state or a nation? What do I want? What kind of an impact do I want to leave with them? And the real value that I keep coming back to is the only thing I can do is I can love my children as much as I can. I can love my wife. I can build an institution built around love and passion. This is the impact, like right here. You know, it's it's within arm's distance. And these two guys right here, they're the people that I love. Mm-hmm. They fulfill me. They make me happy. That's it. But it has to start there with the emphasis and the mission, for me at least, focusing on that. Things start to snap in line relatively easily because you have more fun, you focus on the things that matter, and everything else becomes white noise. But that's essentially that's essentially it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's obviously the right mindset, right? Like no matter what, 
let's work on what we can work on right and probably try we could probably all try a little bit better on the let's all live kind of overall mission <laughs> yeah, campaign for sure yeah. we could probably all do a little bit more but nonetheless let's i all, drive the ford raptor let's, let's, <laughs> sorry let's all, let's all live and let's all make our lives a little bit better let's you know? all live individually and collectively let's instead of being like you said trapped in these prisons of our own delusions and fears and biases and Looking. stigmas and all that let's just be free live love each other while we're here at least so at the very least if this thing goes up in a fireball you know we can look back and say like earth like yeah a lot of us really lived that motherfucker like we played that level in fucking sega genesis earth hell you yeah. know this and is we what like i really think musk is going to become the world's first supervillain because he keeps giving us he keeps giving us answers to a lot of big problems like his traffic thing like hey I developed a tunnel system that's essentially incrushable and we could build 30 goddamn highways below each other in LA and they're like eh, yeah Elon good try and he's just eventually going to be like fuck you I'm going to build a weapon yeah <laughs> I'm going to put you all in the yeah. same sheet of music. Yeah. yeah. It's time to take some of you back. <laughs> that, that is the theme of all the supervillains, yeah. though, right? Well, all right. the supervillains are like... And he has. He's tried. He's developed, you know, the, the advances in solar technology and and the stuff for, for all the houses and things like that. And then the freeway and traffic stuff and electric cars. Eventually, he's going to get fed up with everybody just laughing Well, that at might him. also be a space program. He might just mm -hmm. be like, I'll just leave these bitches to die. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Elon Musk is going to go to Area 51 by himself. Self, and <laughs> yeah. we're gonna see him fly away with the fuck aliens and be like, yeah. Elon, I'm starting a new back. planet, you assholes. See you later. Divorce will be cheaper over there, hopefully, yeah. for him uh, on fucking planet Venus, where he doesn't have the same laws. He's gonna look back, look at this flat earth, and just be like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> this damn flat it. fucking earth. Flat earth. That's another weird phenomenon in this world that people now, yeah. with the dissemination of information, you can convince people of some wacky shit. Yeah. Like it's scary. <laughs> it's it's scary. Well, I've got I've hats. gone down the the flat earth rabbit hole. <laughs> like it is extremely interesting and scary at the same time. You know, when you start watching YouTube videos of flat yep. earthers giving dissertations on why it's flat, you're so like, what's, you're literally what's your science you... background? GED. Okay. Well, how I mean, probably not gonna figure this out. 35 homie. million likes on Instagram. Hold on. Just I'm, are you I'm, serious? I'm super the, pro that because they beat the out the Kardashian and the egg has it. And I yeah, I would prefer to look at the egg. Most liked photo on Instagram. <laughs> Pretty awesome. What came there first, is hope. The ass or the egg. <laughs> and the egg wins. Yeah. Egg, wins. egg is always first. What do the flat earthers say when um you just show them a video of like you know, a spaceship orbiting the, that's the, all, the earth. That's all. It's all. It's all. It's all. Yeah. It's yeah, all, it's it's all, yeah literally everything okay. from the beginning. It's a grand conspiracy that every person yeah, that's I worked for NASA, every astronaut, everybody's in on. I believe a high it's, percentage of this goes to the attention thing. Like social media has, has transformed our culture now into this. I need, I need the likes, the comments. So now people are taking stances just to get people to argue with them. So they have, they have that interaction on their phones when they open up the the apps. I think it's attention, but I also think it's ego because the ego only knows itself in relative position, right? So when the ego gets to put itself above somebody, it feels fucking mm -hmm. good. So if you know the truth that the earth is flat and everybody's a fucking round earther, yeah. everybody's a fucking orber yeah. or whatever they call it. Orbers? Fucking orber. Fucking orber. Fucking orber, bro. Suck on these round things, dude. <laughs> yeah. This is flat. Yeah, so then you get to shit on everybody a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah. So, you, so we're 
we're always looking for that one thing that we may know, that fundamental truth or that identification or that victimhood or whatever thing that we can say, well, you're privileged or you're you're a fucking orber or you're this. And that put, <laughs> makes my ego just a little bit better than yours. And then we can puff ourselves up and we realize yeah. it's all bullshit. We're just changing the narrative of the game so that we can be a little bit ahead in something. I'm going to start and, a hashtag and, it's, called- and a lot of this, I think, is based on laziness, too, because it's yeah. it's people that want some type of significant information for some type of ego advantage, but they don't ne- they don't necessarily want to go get a PhD to get it. They want to listen to another person on YouTube, watch about 30 minutes, be convinced, then go out and talk and to everybody else yeah. and regurgitate some, somebody else's thought. But they don't have 12 years studying the actual science behind it, doing you know research and evaluation. They don't want that. They definitely won't want to do that because that's all built on an institution of lies, right? right. So, but the one guy, the one guy in the, the Indiana Jones hat, you know, he's the guy that's telling you the fucking truth on YouTube. You know, he's mm-hmm. the guy. It's, it's, it's video games are doing so this. It's, it's like ego <laughs> and laziness combined to make something really special. On but the then internet. everything gets fucked when actually sometimes the guy in the Indiana Jones hat is actually right. I'm like yeah. Graham Hancock was that guy where he's like, no, man, the fucking pyramids are older and there's some older civilizations. And then everybody's like, fuck you, Graham, fucking Indiana Jones, piece of shit. And then they're like, discover Gobekli Tepe and like these they're other like, oh, 12,000 year old civilizations oh, but, are like, but wait, <laughs> sorry, the Indiana Jones hat guy was right. Actually, yeah. all no, I, I say video games have to do with it because I think they're what it's doing. And I saw this when I was teaching in the military. I saw the changeover at around 2000, late 2010, 2011, where we saw the kids that were not outdoor kids that were raised by an Xbox and you saw the change in their behavior. And when you have a child that from the time he's eight years old playing video games and he has this false sense of accomplishment, like you beat a video game, you have this, oh, I won. You're a level what you warlord. Yeah. Right. yeah. Or that's warlord. Not, that doesn't exist. You, yeah. 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 You live inside this digital world. So they, they have this inflated ego and this inflated accomplishment. Like he's like exactly what he said. You could go to school and get a PhD, but no, why would I? Why would I need to do that? I'm, I'm yeah. already a winner and, over and here. And I would agree with you <laughs> because that's a good example on Graham Hancock. But he's one example where he spent his entire he did life. Dedi- he totally he dedicated, dedicated his, his life. entire life to this one thing. Mm-hmm. And so, Egyptologists or any person within that field would be a little bit remiss not to listen to what he had to say. Right. Because now you're blocking out information based on ego again. So you're you're providing a higher level on my PhD and you're blocking out a man that's essentially dedicated his entire life to the mm-hmm. study of these things. And thinking outside the box. We're seeing right. that in healthcare too, mm-hmm. where like somebody, some people just want to trust anybody with an MD behind their name. And then there's other people who are just wickedly smart that are talking about things like Rob Wolf, where you're like, yeah, actually, metabolic health, like, we should listen to that dude. Right. And Dom D'Agostino, yeah, we should listen to that dude. And we should start listening to some other oh, people here outside yeah. of what's in the institution of education, which has been vetted and maneuvered and shifted for, like, been, been around for 40 years and shit evolves. So it's a, it's an interesting world where we have access to everything, but we have to have our own discretion to kind of figure out what's real and what's bunk. Smashing paradigms. I think that's one of those things that I think in that circumstance, those are good. You know, when you can kind of, and Graham has taken it on the chin, I mean, in a big way for decades Mm -hmm. from the entire institution, that guy's taken it on the chin, but he brings up 
massively important points. Did you read his last book? Magicians of the Gods, yeah. And Incredible. His next one, or his last one was on South America. So the advanced civilizations in South America and how mm -hmm. they were building pyramids and extremely interesting. But now, because the Amazon is essentially being cut down, they're finding that these civilizations were so much more advanced, so much bigger. And now science has to come back. And essentially, the institution has to come back and reset their theories but it resets it more in line with what he's been talking about for two decades, right? <laughs> right. So right. perfect example, smash the paradigms, but you have to be prepared to take it on the chin. Everybody you really does. Do. <laughs> it's even like the doctor who the doctor who tried to explain that ulcers were caused by uh, bacteria, right? right? Like he actually yeah. had to drink the bacteria that caused the ulcers for anybody in science to believe him. He's like, listen, he's like, I know that this causes ulcers, I'm going to have to fucking drink. And like nobody believed me. He's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to drink this and watch. Watch what happens to my stomach. And everybody's like, oh, wow. You created <laughs> ulcers in yourself. Wow. He's like, see? Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but like, yeah, medicine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anybody who's, anybody who's a pioneer in that way yeah. is going to get shit on in a lot of ways. When I started talking about ayahuasca and plant medicine 10 years ago, every post or eight years ago, whatever, every post I made, Everybody would be like fucking druggy. I could be like talking about working out in the gym or a local, an MMA fight and like right. nice fucking opinion, you fucking druggy. What are you high on ayahuasca? I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. I just sip ayahuasca as I watch All UFC day. fights. Yeah. That's a fuck. <laughs> that sounds Never fun. tried that, but it sounds yeah, kind of fun. I'd recommend yeah. not. <laughs> you want to shit your 2019, everybody's tolerant now. <laughs> yeah. You can do whatever you want. Did you say 2018? 2019. Okay. Yeah. I was like, do you know what year it is? Yeah, Jared. Lose a year. Do you know what year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lose a year. Well, but you do have a Wiener Schnitzel sponsorship, which yeah, is like yeah, one of the yeah, most yeah, impressive accolades. obliged to mention Wiener Schnitzel. I'm part of the Wiener fam. Yeah. Nice. Matt, tell us tell us some fucking stories that are in this book, man, because I haven't got a chance to read it yet, but you got to have something, some good uh, shit in You know, here. it's funny. You were talking about trusting doctors or not trusting. You have to have your own um, kind of idea. In this book, I, I write it completely different than any other military book out there, but I got, uh, they told me I had spider bites in ranger school in Florida phase. And I'm like, bro, to the PA, this is not a fucking spider bite. It started boiling all over my skin. And I go in depth in the book, obviously, about it. But I'm like, motherfucker, it's not a spider bite. And he was, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're an idiot. Well, it came to be found out later that it was bullus impetigo, which is a flesh-eating bacteria that I had. Whoa. And I was like, almost fucking going to go down with how bad it is. I mean, I had a sore that was probably four inches by four inches on my hip where my rucksack would rub. Man, it was fucking terrible. You but got MRSA from it, didn't you? No, I didn't get MRSA. Uh, but it was just bullseye and tiger as a whole. Don't, I suggest not to Google it unless you got a, a thick uh, STD stomach. though, right? No, yeah, no. no. <laughs> I think chlamydia would have been better, to be honest with you. Flesh eating you virus. Think chlamydia would have been better. <laughs> well, I know. You okay. Think, don't don't talk about if that. If you story. haven't got chlamydia at least once, yeah. you Thanks, are random trying girl hard in Denver, Colorado in 2009. <laughs> Appreciate you. Thank you for your service. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I really took an attempt here to bring my um, creativity and my storytelling and put that with a bunch of crazy experiences I've had through war, contracting, and then business. And um, I'm just really excited for it to be told because I think a lot of people have that Hollywood perspective on war. They romanticize it. And I kind of get into the weeds about this where, you know, there's a story in there about a fucking dude that blew himself up right in front of me. And it's my goal to go find his arm to try to identify him. And I'm telling it in such a humorous way where like, the only thing I want to do is get back to base so I can get fucking arm day done, you know? 
but I got to go find this asshole who just tried to kill me arm. And of course, when I find it, I'm going to troll my teammates and wave to them and use the hand in different manipulations. <laughs> and it's super dark. And But when you read it, I think it gives a, a new healthy perspective about men and women that are you know, 18, 19, 20 that are serving in war zones and kind of the crazy shit they have to go through. And that kind of segues in the book about my mission um, as far as supporting transition out of the military and creating an ecosystem, a support system for those veterans so they know there's other guys out there that has similar experiences and we can all band together and laugh about them and live a quality life post-war. And, and I really hope it changes the perspective of a lot of civilians that think either war is like lone survivor in the movies or they think it's, you know, every every veteran is just, you know, fucked up because it's mm. not the case, man. Yeah. Well, and I think too, if, if you've watched Matt's content over the past five years, the, the book does a really good job of capturing the total voice. Uh, when you look at Matt, and I'll, I'll be as objective as I can, obviously. But when you look at Matt, uh, he's a, a very diverse individual with a lot of skill sets. And he can be very serious, very committed uh, in a very authentic way about a cause that he believes in. So he's committed to the veteran subculture. He's committed to his family. He's committed to his community. But he, we always joke around. We talk about he's the base alt, right? He makes everything better. Uh, but he's also extremely talented, you know, loves music, and he loves to edit, and he's very funny. So if you look at the way that the content has been over the last five years, you'll have very serious content that's committed specifically to events, whether it's Veterans Day or Memorials Day or causes he believes in. Then you've got really dark, super funny pieces of content. So the book essentially is a written version of his life in the same type of content, full spectrum. Mm. Um, I, it's just another way I think that he can show or showcase talent. Like I said, I'm trying to be as objective as possible with him sitting right here, but uh, from an outsider reading it that I've known Matt, I, I consider him my best friend. I was surprised because it's, it's really well written and when I say that, I'm not surprised. No, that is a surprise. Trust no. me. I know. <laughs> no, it's, it's Thanks, not. Nils Parker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you you had a really proactive. It was. That's not something that you can just dedicate, you know, a, a tenth of a percent to and make it good. Yeah. Like you really have to go. Got to send it. You got to send it. And when I would say it was surprised because it met and exceeded an expectation. So it's a it's another way for people, I think, to uh, pull pieces of the brand, the things that he he's made in the last five years, be tied to it, laugh, and get a really intimate tie and look into uh, a veteran, specifically a special operations veteran's uh, uh, behind the scenes or their life. But it's not written from the point of view of, I came from this unit, we're the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. All we do is just go around and kick people in the face. It's written from the perspective of, I'm just a dude, this is what I chose to do. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun and it was pretty funny and pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, thank you. And I will say maybe you'll you'll resonate with this, Aubrey, where it was actually freeing and one of the most challenging experiences I've ever had because I talked about some of the worst times in my life and I talk about them in extent. And so I had to relive those experiences. And 32-year-old Matt judges the action sometimes of 22, 23-year-old Matt. Course. And it was fucking challenging because, you know, 
especially, you know, I'm married my wife and having her read threesome stories in Los Angeles and stuff. But I'm like, she, she's very well put together on that side. But I'm like, I'm just going to put it all out there and be hyper transparent and just own who I am. And I think a lot of people aren't willing to take that risk to say, this is me for better or for worse, you know, and I tried to do that and I'm excited and absolutely fucking terrified in the same stance. And so it's ultimately <laughs> so liberating and it, that, that process becomes addictive to a certain degree. Like the more transparent and vulnerable you are, the more you realize that people just appreciate it. And then you're like, oh, well, there's more secrets that I have that don't need to be secrets because everybody else has their own well, shit too. Like, let's all just yeah. fucking talk about the shit that's real that's going on. It's, it gives me fucking chills. You know, like this last Memorial Day, I really try to put out a moving piece every year. And I was thinking, and I had a friend pass away, one of my best friends. He was in a separate unit from me. And I made every excuse at the time not to go to his fucking funeral. I was like, oh, I got, I got a deployment coming up. I got, And I knew it meant the world for him you know, late him to show up. I didn't go. And so I used kind of art as a venting to vent creatively and make a video about like, I'm fucking sorry, dude. Like I should have gone. I should have been there. I should have supported your family because his wife was best friends with me and I fucking did it. I was a coward, Mm -hmm. you know, but when you relive those experiences and understand that like, I, I can be better than that going forward now and kind of getting it off my chest is a very healing moment for me. And that's something I think art and just all this has kind of really helped save my life is say, man, I can just be who I am and vent and have my fucking mistakes because I'm not perfect. I'm a shithead half the Nobody time. Nobody is crazy, you know. That's, and that's the beautiful thing about it. Like anybody projecting perfection is doing everyone, including themselves, a disservice. Fair. You know, because we're all fucked up. We've all fucked up and done stupid shit. And like, I can look back. You know, I just transitioned out of my relationship with Whitney, and I can look back and be like, "What a fucking idiot!" Like through so many situations. Like I wish I could have done better. And and I've told her that a million times. Like. Fuck, yeah, I just wish I would have could have done that better, but I couldn't. You know, if I could have, I would have. I did the best yeah. I could at the time, but that now, if from my perspective, like, yeah, that was fucking bad. You know, that was that was dumb, but that's the best I got then. And but, at least when you can open up and talk about it, then that actually allows that thing to heal. Yeah, and I think that's something people often forget that you're not defined by your failures. They're merely guidelines, right? Every mistake and misstep you've made is a guideline to a better version of you. And uh, I was on Andy's thing. He goes, do you have any regrets? And I really can't say at this moment, other than not petting Shamu when I was like four, mm. I fucking live that nightmare every day. <laughs> Shamu. Uh, but like all those experience, like I can't fucking change it, man. I'm here today. I can only change the path forward. I had tickets so. to see Harambe. Really? Yep. You really had tickets to see Harambe? No. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I was like, what did you do? You have Harambe, Harambe tickets. <laughs> <laughs> what was your guy? All right. So we'll, we'll be wrapping this thing up here, but I want to, what what is, what has been your most challenging mission? This could be in service. This could be in life. This could be in business. If you had to say, like, what was the thing that's been the hardest for each of you? The hardest mission you've had to you've had to accomplish. Or maybe you're still working on mine. Mine definitely was. Um, well, there's two probably now defining what the path forward is. I think that's a mm-hmm. constant struggle within all of us, you know, because there's social expectations of who I should be going forward. Um, but as long as you stay true to yourself, I think I'll figure that one out. And then mine, which is a lot in the book, um, shameless plug, thank you for my service, was uh, getting out of the military because I had defined myself at such a young age that I was a ranger, I was this guy, and then one day it was all gone. And so it was a learning lesson because everything I thought I, who I was and defined myself by didn't exist anymore. 
And that was absolutely terrifying and challenging. But I don't think I'd be the guy I am today if I didn't go through that struggle. Well, the hardest struggles often create the the greatest adaptations. For so, sure. I mean, mm-hmm. that's typically, that's a really a truism. Were there, there had to be dark moments from then, though, when you were transitioning, right? I mean, probably some of your darkest. Oh, yeah. Life. I was a raging alcoholic. I was a fucking asshole. I would punch everybody in the face at the bar out of my own ego and insecurities. I was, yeah, I was a, I was a shithead for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the path forward. I, yeah. would say, I would say just uh, navigating like the different positions that we've been thrown into in the last six six years, it's different. You go from being a military person full-time to now being in a public eye, being in, you know, now getting, you know, our company gets bigger and everything like that. And we see things constantly change, friendships and, you know, things like that of, of just going through this whole thing, you know has been has been pretty pretty challenging like yeah. you know when you used to just be able to snap off and say something back when somebody says something to you now it's like now you have to maintain a level of oh i'm representing the brand the company this and it's it's just been it's been kind of weird like navigating you know, changing landscape ending yeah. a relationship and thousand people want to weigh in with their comments on it that you oh, trust that me i understand yeah. Yeah. and yeah. it's just like whoa this is uh this is different now life's yeah. different <laughs> i mean you did publicly announce a marriage so you kind of fished right. for that one i'm just kidding i was <laughs> <represent that. laughs> i know i know, I know. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. they're making it light again <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 everybody take a research on that one take a look it's a good story i like i like that story actually. we'll I, let it be an easter egg yeah, for everybody who wants to research it, fucking I, marriage scenario. i think people still are kind of used to the old way where it was like you could say whatever you want about somebody that's in the news or popular or something like that and you're never going to hear from them but it's like i don't mm-hmm. think they'd realize how active we are in this community so it's like when someone talks trash about one of us it's like wait what why yeah yeah it's all like <laughs> the hell did we do mm-hmm. yeah a lot you know i think <laughs> i think for me it's i've always tried to figure out ways and and looking at individual mission statements writing individual mission statements i've done it for a decade you know what is my mission here what am i trying to accomplish I wrote a mission statement for Black Rifle Coffee and for myself, actually, which was to transition out of government service and to live a happy and fulfilling life. And so when I wrote that uh, in a notebook five and a half years ago, what does that mean? Right. So when you're trying to define what happy and fulfilling, when those two words actually go into action, what are the actions that represent that? And then how do you shut off the actions that don't res- represent that? And you have to continue to, to execute on different things in order to actually define for yourself and really understand what happiness feels like. Mm. If you don't necessarily know what it feels like and or you think you know what it feels like, then you've got to try several different things. Um, you know, for me, the two biggest buckets of my, my life that constitute most of my time are the business and my family. And so for me, when I focus on being a good father, it's how much, it's not necessarily just love because I love my children infinitely and my, my wife is fantastic. But to be a great father, to emphasize and curate talents that, that ultimately define how they will see 
greatness and what they hold value in. It's not about me, right? Yeah. It's about them. So I have to constantly chop the, the things away that I'm trying in order to emphasize the real value propositions within their lives. What's going to curate the greatest experience and, and, and give them the greatest amount of wisdom and knowledge that I can impart. That is, you know, that, that's the beast that I, that I wrestle every day. The business, it's the same way. How do we continue to emphasize and grow with positivity and love and curate an incredible ecosystem with positive people? And well, you have to try. Mm. And you know that, that constitutes a lot of work and a lot of energy. And you have to come to terms with some of that energy is is going to be misallocated, but you continue to have to refine it and keep chopping and focusing on the things that really yield you the, the greatest amount of return. Yeah. When you have to, when you have to name your own mission, I mean, that was mm -hmm. the first thing that you came up with when you're in the service, like you got the mission, the mission is, you know, kind of comes down from the top, you know what it is. And then you have the divisions of labor and everybody has the submissions within the mission, all collectively going towards the same mission, whether that, whether you agree with it or not, is not even your choice anymore at that thing you're no. just you're part of the part of the thing and then you get out and or like most of us and it really becomes like well i gotta define my own mission like mm -hmm. what am i here yeah. for what am i doing why am i doing this what is what has happened what is what is the goal of all of this and that's you know you guys have how many years collectively of of war zone experience Clyde, we'd 15, have to 20, add, 10, add that up 35 how many for you i have something like 19 months deployed as a ranger but then I don't even know how much contractor, probably three to four years on the ground there. Mm -hmm. so, All right, it's like five, six. How many you got? 19 months on Iraq. Yeah. All right. You got mm -hmm. seven years. Okay. So mm -hmm. well over, well over a dozen years and more. And I asked you guys what your most challenging mission was, what your most challenging thing was. And none of you said anything having to do with war. Mm -hmm. And that's the fucking thing. Like everybody thinking that, yeah. oh, you know, what I'm going through is nothing compared to what this person. Well, actually, all of the things that the most challenging for all of you guys who've been in some of the actual most challenging circumstances in a lot of ways, war, I mean, doesn't get more fucking challenging than that. But really, the deep challenges that you felt internally have all been existential. Mm -hmm. Of course. They've all been like, how do I navigate life? Not like, how do I accomplish this really scary thing that I have to yeah. do that I that is well-defined? Like, that that angst that anxiety that wondering that questioning that setting up your own goals and figuring it out and failing and learning and, and all that you know that's all real shit and i think that just this just kind of really proves that point sitting around at the table here and for everybody listening like your shit don't discredit it it's hard it's hard out there that's why i have a tattoo i'm your master of fate captain of your soul you know and i think when we talked earlier, and I'll make it quick, but about a lot of people miss war. It's this crazy psychological thing, and it's actually not missing the war, but it was that communal aspect of it. And I didn't realize till later in life that that's what I was searching for this whole entire time was guys like this, guys like you that we can get along with. And it wasn't handed to me. I was provided the opportunity through technology and hard work, but it was up to me to fucking get it and go grab it through grit and pure fucking work ethic. And that's what I did. And I found myself so much more happy and understanding what really true success is, which is happiness to me. So yeah. you got to go get it. Got to go get it. Got to figure out what that is. Know yourself and find other people. And, and to know yourself, share the truth of yourself. Because that's the only way that you're going to attract the people that are actually like you, right? So the formula is, all right, be comfortable with who you are. Eliminate all that shame, no matter what. Like, 
Don't be ashamed of your truth and then share your truth and hold that up as a beacon that will attract other people who have a similar truth. And then guess what? That you find yourself in a community, but it comes with that honest expression of who you are and then being willing to open up about that. And then you find other people like, hey, that seems familiar. Like I'm fucking same as you. And then you form a real genuine community around that. And that's absolutely what I've found as well. Yeah, if everybody around you disagrees with your personal preference, you're just in the wrong bubble, man. Pop the bubble, go find the bubble that you can get along with. And I mean, America's huge and diverse. Just find the people that think like you and build a community around it. Yeah. It's hard, but no doubt. Fuck yeah. Fuck, Fuck yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. And MCT oil creamer, <laughs> the first mocha that on it has ever done. First mocha. I don't know. First. I mean, we were, we. this is like a, we were holding out on mocha for something good because mocha yeah. is the obvious flavor yeah. for an emulsified MCT oil, but I'm yep. glad we did it with you guys because it's it's our best flavor. Super I mean, amped. We got some good ones, but this is actually our best. You know, it's like picking a child. You know, I probably shouldn't, but this is our best. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my favorite. Best. It's my favorite. <laughs> fuck yeah. Well, I fucking awesome. appreciate you guys. Dude. The book, thank you for my service. We got Fuck Yeah Coffee, MCT oil. We got Drinking Bros, which is awesome. And Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, I saw my step. I'll tell you a story about that. I went over to my stepdad's house and he was on the SWAT team in right. Compton for a while. And so not military. Well, he was in the Air Force for a little bit, but he just tells stories about smoking hash on this like nuclear base. So he wasn't really <laughs> awesome. like, doing much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, so he, uh, I go over there and he's got this whole fucking pantry full of Black Rifle Coffee. And I was like, what? I, what? I, how do you know these guys? He's like, I don't know. I just you know saw something. And he, he vied with it. I think. It was him because he's always got a great sense of humor. He was on my podcast. Anybody who listened to that story about him doing ayahuasca is one of the funniest podcasts I've ever done. But it's the same thing. You know, SWAT team, gnarly shit, great sense of humor. And that's the way you make it through. And I think he vibed with that message just as much as anybody else did. It's like, so he just bought all the coffee. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And now yeah. you're like, now you're and drinking now you're like, fuck yeah. Really big, fuck yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome dude. Yeah, it's cool to see. Well, thanks for having me. Dude, thank you so much thank for having you. us. It was a blast always. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a super good time. Much love, everybody. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, go to onit.com slash Aubrey. Check out my favorite flavor, emulsified MCT oil mocha and the fuck yeah coffee. Again, that's onit.com slash Aubrey. And make sure you check out Matt Best's new book on pre-order called Thank You for My Service. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. It was too much fun for me. Look forward to talking to these guys again soon.